Welcome to Live Well, Be Well, a show to help high performers improve their health and well-being. This is an excerpt from my conversation with Kelly Williams-Brown. There's a link to the full episode in the show notes. Being a woman, speaking about your mental health struggles with ADHD and bipolar depression is also there may be many women out there that might be able to relate to that. And that's something that obviously you, you've kind of figured out and found out through your journey. And now you say, you know, having that doctor there and that treatment is so important. But how do you support these now? Because ADHD is coming up a lot more mm-hmm. in society as a conversation. So these two things together, and I know you mentioned earlier, you know, you're quite chaotic and your house is, you know, everything is <laughs> everywhere. Not that I can see that from this interview. It looks pristinely perfect. But how Thank do you, you like support these things now? Because I think that's really important. Like you've obviously kind of come out the other side, but what is it that's kind of got you there? And, and how do you kind of keep a check on that? So there's two different things there. And actually, although there is an, an interesting overlap, which is that a psychiatrist once told me that one of the most difficult clinical distinctions to make is with women who have ADHD and who have what looks like depression, whether it is unipolar depression or it's bipolar depression, Uh, Because a lot of sort of the hyper-focus of ADHD, when we get into that, can look a little bit like a hypomanic state. I've also learned so much about uh, bipolar as opposed to unipolar depression, which is what I thought I had. And indeed, what most people think they have. But there is some more and more evidence that perhaps bipolar is much, much more common than we think. Uh, What a psychiatrist told me is that most of the time, if you're dysregulated, uh, it's going to be a depression. And a lot of times mania is not what we think it looks like, you know, or, or perhaps a, a true mania is, but a hypomania, which hypo means less than, is what most of us get. And the thing is, is for me, what were my hypomanias, which I still get sometimes, are not bad things. They look like me feeling pretty creative. They look like me being in a good mood. They look like me, instead of needing nine hours of sleep, maybe I need seven hours of sleep and they simply don't cause problems in people's lives Mm. whatsoever. So they don't get diagnosed because, you know, we don't diagnose something that's not pathological, that's not causing an issue until perhaps the person is at a crisis point in their life. And all of a sudden that mania becomes much more pronounced and much more problematic. You know, we think about somebody driving 90 miles an hour down you know, the, the interstate and, and that's simply not what it looks like, you know, and it's funny because even now sometimes I'll feel a little bit up and I'll, I'll tell my mom and my boyfriend and they'll be like so concerned. And I'm like, no, 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 nothing is happening. Nothing bad is happening here. I would, you know, if I was saying, oh, I'm feeling kind of blue, I'm feeling a little depressed, that would be a very acceptable and normal thing for them to say. And they'd say, oh, I'm sorry, you know, let us know what we can do. And if I say, hey, I'm feeling like a little bit up, let me know if anything strange is happening. They're like, is it okay? Do we need to call mm-hmm. someone? And I'm like, nope, I'm just I'm just doing some watercolors. You know, mm-hmm. the watercolors are turning mm-hmm. out nicely. And and so I think us accepting that those natural ups and downs are part of a lot of people's mental health and the ups don't have to be terrifying or pathological in the way that we're kind of used to thinking of them as being. Does that make sense? Yeah, no it does. And I and I you just mentioned something there, you know, around and I think this is really interesting. Okay, around how other people tr- like help in this situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so like, there's a lot of people that I know that suffer with um, ADHD in a beautiful way, actually. They are some of the most successful people 
I know out there, some of the most like amazing founders have ADHD. Mm-hmm. But for people that maybe suffer with this um, and haven't got to that realization of where you've got to, where you seem to like really understand yourself and manage it, how can others help in that situation around this as well? Because that's also really key because also sometimes, you know, some people might react in the wrong way, which could actually right. really affect that individual. You know, um, I just want to j- jump in and because I, you would ask about ADHD. I didn't talk about ADHD. I think ADHD is one of my favorite topics. I think neurodivergence is very much a feature, not a bug for humans. I think we need all sorts of different kinds of brains. Um, I think ADHD brains, those who are on the autism spectrum, those with dyslexia, these are things that we have evolved because we need a wide variety of ways of humans thinking the same way that some people are naturally night owls because back in the day, it made sense to have a couple people who were like wide awake at night to have, you know, a little eye out for whatever animals may be creeping around. And I think with my ADHD, I have come to really treasure it because my brain moves in ways that other people don't, maybe who don't have ADHD and are more linear thinkers, which means that I can make creative connections that other people can't make. Uh, One of my friends who's an artist was saying, you know, to be an artist is kind of to be a little bit more sensitive because you can perceive things in the world that others can't. So I think for anyone with ADHD, there can be so much frustration and so much struggle. For me, the the really helpful things that I can do are, are find those little ways that I can try to keep myself as organized as possible. Like having really specific locations. I have a little keychain that it's like a little, looks like a little birdhouse that sticks to the wall. And then the keychain is a bird who sits in the birdhouse. And so that makes me think, oh, my keys want to live in the house. So that's where they mm-hmm. go. Trying to be, create as many structures for myself as possible where Mm -hmm. I am, you know, creating backups upon the backups. Um, But I think for other people, you know, how you can support someone with ADHD, I will say that some of our behavior can be incredibly frustrating, mostly to ourselves, but certainly also to others. And my boyfriend is such a supportive and wonderful person. But, you know, I think sometimes it can be confusing to others as to why we can't remember where an object is that we had in our hand 30 seconds ago which makes things like leaving the house extremely difficult because we don't know where all of the items are. One way that my boyfriend supports this, and I think this might just be a natural talent of his, is having a a shocking recall of where I have left things in my life. Like he just notices when I put something down. And so I'll be like, do you know where the Bluetooth speaker is? And he's like, it is on your upstairs vanity and you stood it upright. And I'm like, and then I get up there and, and it is indeed there. Um, understanding that messiness or our lack of organization or our always being five minutes late um, can really look like, like we're not being considerate. And the truth is, is that if I knew the ways to be that extremely conscientious, always on the ball person, I really would be. I would treasure that. Um, and so just having that patience and that flexibility and sort of gently encouraging um, something wonderful that he does is he's noticed that like if he starts even slightly tidying my house, I like become the little Tasmanian devil and I'm in a rush just getting everything as clean as can be. For people in your life who have uh, mood 
disorders, whether that be depression, unipolar depression or bipolar depression, just checking in. And, and if they're in a low point, make giving them outs. You know, I will text a friend and say, hey, I know things are really hard right now. Don't worry about texting me back, but just know that I love you and I'm here. And then, you know, do it again the next week. Uh, because something that I found is people would check in on me. And instead of feeling, oh, people love me, they care about me, I would think, God, you're such a shitty friend. You didn't text them back. That's just one more bad thing about you. So keep making it really easy and low low stress and telling them, you don't need to give me anything right now. Let me just give you something. Thanks so much for listening. To hear the full episode, there's a link in the description. 